Welcome to Prayer Storm Podcast. We trust that it will be a blessing to you and that it will stir you and equip you to be all God calls you to be. This is such a, a, a crucial season. Uh, one of the things that we as the saints of God need to be awake to is uh, an ability to discern seasons and discern what's going on around us and be able to respond appropriately because there's a need to be awake to what's going on around us. I always say this, that you can be here physically and not really be awake. You can be looking like you're awake, but you're actually asleep. And, you know, you don't know you're asleep until you wake up. And there are times where God wants to wake you up, and he does that by shocking you, shock and awe. He puts you in an environment that just shakes you and wakes you up. And uh, there is a need to be very sensitive to this season we're in. Today, I've come into this meeting just really uh, stirred to speak on something that I feel many believers are aware of, but sometimes they ignore. And especially around this season of October, there is an increase of activities in the realm of the Spirit, especially on the dark side. And there needs to be the sensitivity of the believer to be aware and respond. Listen, what you don't consciously stand against, you're subconsciously influenced by. So if you're not consciously aware of what is up, what you're up against, you're in ignorance, and that's the enemy's field. The enemy functions in that place of ignorance, so he has advantage over you because of your lack of awareness of the intensity of the battle you're already involved in. There is an intense battle going on right now, not just for the United Kingdom, but there's an intense battle going on right now for the purposes of God in the church and through the church. And there is a rising of an avalanche of darkness that's been unleashed over the people of God for the purpose of resisting, for the purpose of opposing, for the purpose of causing them to be frustrated in their pursuit of God. And so there are many Christians right now who are frustrated, even though they feel like they're doing everything God's told them to do, but they're frustrated in their expression of their Christian faith. And they're frustrated to the point of sometimes even believing that God is a lie and the words of God are not true. Listen, if you're reading things in scripture and you're not experiencing in reality, the problem is not with God. You have to be able to say, Lord, where am I getting it wrong? What is off here? You're reading about freedom in scripture. Yeah, you're stuck and you're struggling with addictions. You're reading about the joy of the Lord. Yeah, you're stuck with depression. You're reading about all these things and you're, you're seeking to implement them. But it seems like when you implement them, it's not working. There is something going on. And as opposed to just saying, Lord, you know, I give up right now and I can't be bothered with this church thing. Or it, feel, it feels like this prayer thing isn't working. How about you actually ask God some questions? It's not wrong to ask. Ask God questions. Asking questions from a place of uh, faith leads to revelation. But asking questions from a place of unbelief and doubt oftentimes leads to a deeper place of unbelief and doubt and cynicism. It's not wrong to ask questions. It's just where the questions are coming from. If the questions are coming from a place of trust, you end up in revelation. But if the questions are coming from a place of just unbelief, you end up in greater bondage of darkness and you become offended at God. There are many Christians who are offended at God and don't realize the problem has never been God. The problem has been your, your level of revelation and application of what God said. And sometimes even misunderstanding what God said. I want to give you this illustration because I feel like it's actually quite relevant. It's not a perfect illustration, but it helps you to understand the dynamics of what we're dealing with right now. You are not just a body 
You're a spirit being that lives in a body. I say this often, and you have to get this in your mind, not just as an idea, but as a foundation for the way you approach your life. That you're not just a body, you're a spirit being living in a body, and your spirit has a soul, okay? So your body is not you. So that means primarily you are spirit, which means you're exposed to spiritual things and you feel spiritual things, but sometimes you don't even have the language to articulate it and it can manifest in your physical body. The soul is the bridge between your spirit and your body. And the soul can help decode sometimes what the spirit is picking up and then manifest it through the body. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me today? Like a computer... I've got right here, it's got hardware, it's got software in it, and then it's got power that makes it work. Your body is the hardware. Your soul is like the software. And the power that makes you work is your spirit. Are you hearing me? (laughs) Oftentimes, many christians the problem that we have is not so much with the spirit because god has regenerated our spirit when we get saved and when we commit our lives to jesus and becomes our savior and our lord there is a regeneration and we call that being born again you're born again in the spirit you're reconnected to god the problem is often in the soulish realm because the fact that you're a new creation in christ does not mean everything instantly changes even in the way you think That's why you have to apply process. Romans 12, the renewing of your mind. You're making your, see, your spirit has been made new. Now you need to make your mind new. The renewing. And that process involves deleting some softwares you downloaded. You downloaded some softwares into your soul that's causing you to think a certain way and live a certain way and act a certain way. So now that you're a Christian, you're still manifesting behaviors that are connected to the old lifestyle you used to live because some softwares have not been dealt with in your soul. And you've not experienced the grace of God to the point where you're completely delivered. Many Christians are cohabiting with enemies you're called to evict. When you're struggling with things that represent the kingdom of darkness in your life, you should never, ever become comfortable with that. Ever. It doesn't matter if you've been contending and you're yet to see the breakthrough. Never accept that as that's the way it's meant to be. Because the fact that some prayers have not been answered or manifested does not mean God wants those prayers unanswered. Some people go, well, I prayed and I didn't see the breakthrough. I guess guess God doesn't want it to happen. Well, there are lots of things God wants to see happen that's not happening. For example, it's his desire that none will perish. People are dying right now and going to hell. And God's desire is that that will not happen. So the fact that it's God's desire does not mean it happens. And there's sometimes where you pray and it's not manifested. The fact that you prayed and it's not manifesting does not mean God does not want it to happen. The, 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 the kind of, the kind of uh, gauge to, to discern the will of God is the basis of Scripture. From the basis of Scripture, we understand that the will of God is for us to live in freedom, in our emotions, in our mind, in our heart, in, in every way meant to be whole, to prosper and be in good health as our soul prospers. But many Christians, their soul is not prospering, it is corrupt. 
with all kinds of viruses and all kinds of junk from the world that they have not actually got to a place of allowing God to delete off of their soulish realm. So now it's functioning through their bodies. And the soul is so, is so uh, it, we, we are very much influenced by what's going on in our soulish realm. And our soulish realm picks up because the soul is actually spiritual in nature. Because, it, you see, when it says in Hebrews, the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. You know that scripture, anyone here? Any Christians in the house? The word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. And he doesn't say to the dividing of the soul. He says, even. Everyone say even. even. He says, even. In other words, the scripture is trying to describe to us how sharp the word of God is. And to describe to us how sharp the word of God is, he's saying the word is even sharp enough to divide the soul and the spirit. In other words, if you take that, if you look at that from a different angle, it's trying to say the soul and the spirit are so intertwined that it's quite difficult to separate them. So the word of God is so sharp that it's able to bring a separation. But that's not to say that your soul is, a, is completely disconnected from spiritual realities. So there are times you're feeling things. There are times you're, you're picking up on things in your soul because your spirit is already aware of things around. And it's transmitting those signals to your soul. And you have no idea that those emotions are not just natural. They've come from another realm. And there's an assignment behind them. So you just embrace them. Oh, you know, I think I'm just feeling horrible today. Or oh, I think I'm just feeling discouraged today. I'm praying. I feel like everything is just, I feel like I'm just hitting a brick wall. You're, you're having all these words trying to describe what's going on in your soulish realm. But it's coming from something a lot deeper. And you have no idea about it. And why I want to share about this right now is because of Halloween coming up. When there is a mass celebration of witchcraft activity and darkness, it is opening the realm of the spirit up for an acceleration of demonic activities. And those demonic activities are primarily, primarily against resisting the purposes of God in a region, in a family, or in a generation. So there are people that don't know Jesus and they celebrate Halloween, many of them out of innocence. They don't realize that they're actually opening the door to darkness. And the enemy functions in the realm of ignorance. He's known, you see, he says, you're not resting against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness. That's where the enemy functions, in the realm of darkness. Darkness is when you can't see. Revelation is when the light is turned on. The light is turned on, that's revelation. The light is out, you can't see. And so you live in a place of being bound. And by your ignorance, the enemy is able to gain the upper hand and control and influence and direct the things going on in your life because you have no idea what's going on. Majority of the body of Christ is ignorant about the reality of the realm of the spirit and how it's actually impacting and restricting our effectiveness in what God is calling us to do. And one of the, one of the things that God has called this ministry, pressed on to do is to carry what I call a breaker anointing is to break resistance is to break opposition and it has a warring dimension to it because you're not gonna break if you don't confront so there is something in the DNA of this movement that is there to confront the works of darkness. But darkness seems to be gaining ground while believers seem to be running away or engaging in the same dark activities because of ignorance or deception. Are you here? Is anyone alive here today? God wants to wake us up. 
when we begin a nearest season, like the 31st of October, you got to realize, I know there's Brexit going on, that's a whole different thing altogether. However, you got to realize there is a stirring of the realm of the spirit in darkness. Don't be surprised if you start to feel a certain way, unusually heavy. Don't be surprised if things start to seemingly come against you. But my scripture says, it doesn't matter what the weapons are that the enemy forms against me. You know what? They will not prosper. He says, do not be ignorant, not of one device. Do not be ignorant of the devices. Many Christians are ignorant of the devices of the enemy. And I believe today God wants to set people free. I believe today God wants to bring deliverance to people. And I feel like today God wants to awaken warriors. That you've come in here almost like a wimp and almost in the corner feeling overwhelmed and feeling like, oh God, can I get through this day? Can I get through tomorrow? I feel like God wants to awaken the warrior that's within you. What you don't consciously stand against, you're subconsciously influenced by. The increase of the momentum of darkness in the atmosphere right now is influencing many believers in their thinking, in their emotions. And sometimes you don't really realize how much you've come under the atmosphere until you get out of this environment. You go to another country where God is moving or go to another place where there's just a breakthrough in the atmosphere. And all of a sudden it's like you have an awakening like, gosh, what was I thinking? What's going on with me? Because sometimes you don't realize you've so come under the environment, you're, you're manifesting the attributes of the spirits that rule in the environment. And oftentimes it is dark. Oftentimes it's unbelief. Oftentimes it's cynicism. Oftentimes it's just a, a lack of value for spirituality, spiritual things that really matter, a sense of disconnectedness from them. If you're finding yourself in that place, I believe tonight is your night for breakthrough. I didn't come here just to teach a message. I came here to fight. <laughs> and I came here to declare to people who are coming here today that you are a warrior. And listen, you're not called to just cope. You're not called to just barely make it. You're called to be more than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're called to live a life that's overcoming the powers of darkness. Now, I am not one of those that's trying to find the devil in every single thing. I often say, you know, some people are trying to find the devil in the cup of tea. They're trying to find the devil under the carpet. They're trying to find the devil in the hair. They're trying to find the devil in their shoe. It's like everything is demon, demon. I'm not one of those that's just demon conscious. I am God conscious. I am Jesus conscious. But when you are Jesus conscious, every now and again, you run into demons. Because they tried to resist. Even they tried to resist Jesus. And they showed up in Jesus' presence. And you know what he did? He had to deal with them. He had to cast them out. In fact, sometimes they didn't show up physically like someone manifesting. Sometimes they showed up in, in other people around him through their words. Peter, hello. Peter said some words to Jesus that was Satan speaking through Peter. And Jesus discerned it and dealt with it because he was in a place where he was sensitive to what was coming from the realm of the spirit. I really do believe prayer sensitizes us. Prayer causes our discernment to increase. The lack of discernment, and when I say discernment, I don't mean the spirit of suspicion. <laughs> Discerning of spirits. I don't mean you're looking at everyone and saying, oh, yeah, they're a witch, and they're a, they're a, that's the devil right there, and that's a, that's a Jezebel right there. Uh, 
I don't mean accusing everybody. Because people, people think they're functioning in discernment, but they're just suspicious and cynical and judgmental. I, I, I'm paranoid. Not, not living from the place of love, but just wanting to, anything that looks a bit different to what they are wearing. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the devil right there. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not talking about that. The true spirit of discernment is often sharpened in the place of prayer. And the lack of discernment in lives of many believers is a sign of the prayerlessness that many of us are living in. Because prayer causes our discernment to be sharp. If you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to Mark 5. I'm going to read verse 8. Jesus said to him, come out of the man unclean spirit. And then he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, and he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding, was feeding there near the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us into the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine and the herd ran violently down the steep uh, they ran into the sea and drowned okay now for many people this will be a familiar passage but I often tend to be amazed at some of the hidden realities that we see in this passage that actually reflects a lot of things that we're dealing with right now in our in our culture uh, this guy is possessed by so many demons and it's often important to remind people what legion means. Legion is not just five demons, okay? It's not just two demons or ten demons. It's not even just 20 demons. Do you know what legion means? Legion means 300 foot soldiers and 300 horsemen. So one guy is influenced by about 6,000 demons? How is that possible? There's a scripture in Proverbs uh, 25, I believe, that compares the spirit of a man to a city. So it could be that our city has a capacity, sorry, our spirit has a capacity that is far greater than we actually can comprehend with this natural mind. That one guy can be so influenced by so many demons, those demons had intelligence they weren't stupid those demons were able to pick up things going on in the environment and the atmosphere have you ever wondered why some people go to psychics and are able to receive information that's accurate because the psychics are functioning through a spirit it's not the spirit of god but they're able to through their spirit because every human has a spirit. It's not just something for Christians. Every human has a spirit, and the spirit is from God. Through their spirit, they're able to engage the realm of the spirit on the dark side and receive demonic information. Okay, oftentimes when we start talking about things like this, people get freaked out. I don't understand why you should be freaked out. God is real. The devil is real. Demons are real. Angels are real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. You know what? Get over it. <laughs> there is no point where oh, we're talking about demons. Listen, and people say, oh yeah, it's just, we just focus on Jesus. We never talk. It's, it's, 
it's stupid to always focus on the devil and go devil here, devil here, like I said earlier on. But it's equally stupid to ignore the enemy. Because you're in a battle and you're not aware of the enemy that's already set himself against you with strategies. Are you aware of the strategies the enemy has planned against you? Do you know that there's strategies against the purposes of God in your life? Are you aware enough to actually combat and resist and deal with those strategies? Because many Christians are blind, ignorant, and unaware of those strategies. And the strategies are manifesting, and you're totally blind to it. You just think it's all craziness going on. You just think, oh, it's, you know, this situation is going on right here. Have you ever considered what's behind the situation? There is more going on than your eyes can see. I'm telling you, there is more going on than your eyes can see. This guy full of the legion of demons was functioning in supernatural ability. He, he, he probably would not even realize what was going on because he was so overcome by this darkness. And here he is, Jesus comes, and Jesus is uh, 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 delivering the guy. Listen to what the spirits said. This is for we are many. And then they said, Listen, they begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. So the demons were begging Jesus that he should not send them out of the... They weren't begging him not to send them even out of the, the guy that's possessed. They, their, their goal was, we don't want to get out of this region. Because they were connected to that region and they that 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 guy was the channel through which they were able to manifest themselves in that region he was like the strong man he was he was the one that was influencing the spiritual atmosphere of those re, of that region but those demons had an a territorial authority not just because of the guy listen but because of the people in the region why do the demons not want to leave the region because the people in the region had given them legal access and authority in that region. So the demons left the guy, entered the pigs. The pigs went into the sea and drowned. Re listen, the pigs died, but the spirits did not die. Where did the spirits go after they left the pigs and the pigs died? They, uh, listen to what they say. Don't send us out of the region. They're still in that region. And you know now what's happening? They are now influencing the ideologies and the mindsets of the people in the region. If you read the rest of the story, we don't have time to go into it. When Jesus set this guy free, he says, the guy was not just delivered from the demons. He was in his right mind. See, this is, this is two dimensions of deliverance. The spirits were cast out and his mind was renewed. Some people want to cast the spirit out, but their lifestyle and their mindset carries on being the same. So even though the spirit has been cast out, it ends up coming back because your lifestyle has not changed. And you know, when it comes back, it comes back seven times worse. Because you just, you just keep on getting it out, but you've not keen on restructuring and having your mind renewed so that there is no way it can come back and remain. Deliverance is not just we cast it out, it's that the place where that thing used to be is completely rearranged and completely changed. And a new entity, the Spirit of God, begins to dwell in that place. So the Spirit is not going to... Listen, when the Spirit even came and tempted Jesus, 
came and tempted him at the start of his ministry. He said this, the, 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 the devil left Jesus to come back at an opportune time. So he wasn't just leaving Jesus. Oh, Jesus, I'm going to leave you alone now and that's it. He was going to look for a time when he could come back. If the devil left Jesus and came back to check Jesus, what makes you think the devil can leave you and never come back to check up on you? He leaves you. He comes back and check. Well, let's see where she's at. Let's see where he's at. He's still living that lifestyle. And if your life is still not aligned with the word of God, the enemy is able to come and have more access. Stronger than it was before. That's why some people may seem like they get free in a moment. And the next thing, they're back in the same thing. Not completely. Because they could have got free, but they did not have an, an experience that caused their mind to be renewed. That is an active process. You have to engage with it. Some people are in love with their demons. Some people like their bondage. And they're saying, Lord, set me free. But the heart is not really renewed. They're just wanting to be free because that's what they know it's meant to happen. Deep down, they're in love with, the, with everything that's evil. Why is God going to bring freedom to a person that's not actually hating the thing they want to be free from? Are you, are you hearing me today? The demons left the guy, went into the pigs. The pigs died. And the, the, the spirits were attached to that region because of the people of the region. In our generation right now, when people choose to celebrate demonic activities, witchcraft and darkness, do you know what happens? They are given access and influence and legal ground for demonic spirits to be able to function in a greater measure in a region. The people of that region rejected Jesus because they had embraced demonic activities. That's why Jesus set the guy free, put him in his right mind, and the people came in and said, Jesus, we don't want you here. How can you have Jesus standing in front of you? And like, Jesus, we don't want you here. It's only a demonic mind, something that's overcome by another realm, that will cause you to see Jesus, the creator, standing in front of you and like, I don't want you. Doesn't the Bible say it's the fairest of 10,000? If you've really encountered Jesus, you know that there's nothing else that compares to Jesus. But how can people encounter Jesus and say, we don't want you? It's because something else was going on. Revival is God's arrival. God arrived on the scene. Revival showed up and they said, we don't want revival. Because there's demonic activities causing their minds to be deceived. Some of you are looking at me right now, but you have no idea that there are demonic activities manipulating your thinking. <laughs> the fact that you're thinking thoughts that sound like you does not mean it's you. The enemy can imitate your voice to you so that you can come in agreement with him. Because now you're like, well, yeah, that sounded like me and that's me. You agree with that thought. The moment you agree with that thought, the enemy now has authority. Because the enemy has no authority apart from the authority that those who've been given authority give to him. You give it to him by agreeing with him, then it has influence. So these, 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 these uh, powers of the enemy at work in this culture were influencing the people in the culture in the same way. As we're nearing this season where there's a lot of celebration of darkness, there's an increase of momentum of activity in the realm of the spirit. And the reason why I'm sharing this is not to get you scared. If you're scared, then there's something wrong. If you're scared, then I don't think you've actually encountered Jesus. If you're scared, then you probably don't know who you really are in him. 
Because when you know who you are in Christ, you're not afraid of darkness. Darkness is afraid of you. You don't run away from darkness. Darkness runs away from you. How can you be the light and yet you're scared of darkness? As soon as the light shows up, darkness ceases to exist. So if you're scared, it's a sign something is wrong. Because he said he has not given you a spirit of fear. So if you're feeling scared, guess where that came from? If you're feeling like, oh no, I'm scared of this devil. Guess where that came from? How can you be scared of an enemy that's already been defeated and the Bible said he's under your feet? I get, I get passionate about this because I am confused about Christians that are allowing the devil that's under their feet to dominate the head. He says, you're sitting in heavenly places, not just above. He says, you're far, far, far. Now, he says, the enemy also has a realm of existence in the heavenly places because, uh, what's it, far above, I've not got the scriptures. In Ephesians 1, if you read Ephesians 1 and 2, you see clearly that the principles and the powers also have a realm of influence in the heavenly places. But we're seated with Christ in another realm of the heavenly places, far above, not just above. Okay, not just above. I'm on the stage and that's down. It's, not, it's like I'm in another room and it's like just down there. You know when you're in the plane and you look down in the mountain that looks so big when you're down here, it looks like so tiny? It's like you're far above anything that enemy can do. So if you're scared, you need to realize something is wrong. Something is seriously wrong if the enemy is tormenting you because that is not how God intended for it to be. And many Christians have accepted that as well. I guess this is just the way it is. I'm just supposed to live this life of torment and fear and my dreams being oppressed, constantly living under all this darkness and all this stuff. And, and we just accept it, but not realize we're called to stand against it. One reason why I'm teaching this is because as there's an increase of darkness in the atmosphere right now in terms of just the celebration of witchcraft, you got to realize it starts to impact on the believers in that region. It starts to impact on your spiritual sensitivity. It starts to impact on your fervor. And that is why we say a casual approach to prayer in a season like this is going to produce casualties. If you're not consciously engaging in spiritual activities... In seeking the Lord intensely, in praying fervently, in fasting at times as the Holy Spirit, as you begin to cause your spiritual disciplines to be intense. If you're not intense and focused in this season, I'm telling you, you're going to be swept away with the wave of darkness. As a believer, you're, you're coming to church saying, Lord, I love you, but your, your whole life does not have anything that reflects the kingdom of God. It's just darkness everywhere around you because you're being overwhelmed by the system. Any dead fish can swim downstream. It takes a certain type of fish to be able to swim against the opposition. And if the force that the fish is applying upstream is equal to that which is coming downstream, you know what happens? No progress. To move upstream, you have to apply a force that's greater than that which is coming downstream. That is why it says the kingdom of heaven suffers violence. And only the violent are able to make significant progress. It's not physical violence, it is spiritual violence. And I want to sound this alarm to the white British people. Where is the lion? 
You need to let the lion in. You begin to roar again. It's not British to just be, you know, oh yeah, I guess it's a British thing. I'm just going to be calm, cool, and collected. And I guess I'm not going to be emotional. And I'm not going to show any emotion. I'm just going to be cool and proper and posh right here. No. No, 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 no. That's not the British identity I believe God's given you. The British identity is a lion that takes over territories. It was perverted in years past, but in its, in its pure form, it's a lion that's called to take over. And you are there with that DNA kind of just carrying away because of all the guilt of the past and not realizing that you are a warrior. And I've come here from Africa to tell you, you better wake up. Before some foreigners take over your nation <laughs> and you lose completely your identity in God and who God has called you to be because you're trying to please all these other nations and please all these other gods. Oh yeah, want to please this, this religion over here. Want to please this one over here. And all of a sudden you've pleased everybody and you've lost your identity. And you don't know who you are. Where's the lion? The British lion. He's got a roar right now. And right now, you see them on the dark side. They're celebrating Halloween with so much passion. Everywhere. And there you have the Christians carrying away. Don't want to, don't want to mention the devil. Scared to say, oh yeah, you know, the devil is a liar. Just, just wanting to please and wanting to... Uh, <laughs> are you hearing me today? If you are not awake... Now, to resist, you are going to come under it. And when I say you have to resist, you have to up the temperature of your prayer. In this season, if you're really going to make any progress, there is no way I will be able to do something like I'm doing right now called prayer storm if I'm not able to fight. In fact, I know that some battles have been fought before I got here. Because I've got a lineage of parents that were served in the gospel, served the Lord, grandparents. I've got a lineage. So the path for me to advance in my spiritual development is a lot easier because of the ground that had been gained before I got here. But some of you, you are the first generation Christian. And before you go here, your dad was a drunkard. And your mom was whatever. And your granddad was a murderer. And you've got, you've got all that in your, in your bloodline. And now you become a Christian and you want to advance spiritually. Now I know you're a new creation in Christ. But sometimes the mistakes of your parents open certain doors that start to resist your ability to progress with speed. So you have more to deal with. But what I find interesting, some of these people who are first-generation Christians, they get tired, they give up, they don't realize the battles they're fighting, if you're here, the battles you're fighting is not just about you, it's about your lineage. Because if you learn how to break through, your children will find it easier to do the things of God. But you don't realize there have been a lot of demonic strategies to resist your effectiveness. And so I am here, I'm praying intensely, and I'm pushing on. But I'm able to push because I'm aware of those who've gone before me. And you are there struggling with some of the resistance in your bloodline and things that were opened up by the things your parents did. And yet you're praying weak. Yet you're praying, you're praying casually. How much more do you need to contend with all the resistance you have to deal with? You might say, well, I'm in Christ and everything is passed away. And I don't need to do anything. Well, listen, Daniel was prospering. Daniel was a leader. 
Daniel was raised up to influence not just his nation, but the, the Babylonian nations. He was, he was in the Gentile nation and he was effective as a leader. In the midst of all of that, guess what? Daniel was also in captivity. Not because of what Daniel did, but because of what his parents did. And his parents' parents did. He was in a land of captivity and he was doing okay, but that was not where he wanted to be. Not because of what he did, but because of what he spread. So there are times where you can be dealing with issues, not because of you, but because of what was done before you got here. And you have to learn how to fight, to clear that bloodline and say, Lord, this thing ends here. This is not going to the next generation. My children have got to go to a whole new level of effectiveness. Some of you are watching your children being stolen away by the enemy. How can the enemy come into your house? Take your child. And start to walk out. Some random stranger. And you just sit there and watch TV. And I stay in your child. You're like, oh, bless you. <laughs> Many people are like that. You're not fighting for your children. You're not fighting for the next generation. There are things that God wants to do in you that he's actually not going to fully do in you. He's going to have to take it on to the next generation. Abraham did not see the nations, the millions. Abraham saw uh, Isaac and Jacob, but the promise to Abraham was millions. He did not see all the millions, but his, the generations after him saw it. Maybe it's that our generation is just selfish. Like one of the kings that, you know, God told him all the bad stuff was going to happen. And he said, well, as long as it doesn't happen in my generation, I'm okay. It can happen to my children's generation. He was, so maybe we're just selfish. But if we're choosing to lift our eyes, listen, there's some battles to fight right now. Especially as the darkness is increasing. And it's targeted against the people of God. Because we are the bearers of light. We are the solution to the problems of the world. So the darkness increasing in intensity is targeting you. It, it's against, because the enemy does not really care about the people in darkness. He cares about the people in the light. He wants to stop the light from advancing. So he's targeting you. And you might think, well, it's not about me. Well, it's because you don't have any idea. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Because the gates of hell is constantly trying to prevail against the church. The, the, the whole kingdom of darkness, the witches, the, 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 the sorcerers, the, all of them put together, the different realms and, of activity, is all against one thing. To hinder the advancement of the church and the people of God. So when all this is going around you, you can't be ignorant. You've got to wake up and say, Lord, it's a time for me to arise and begin to pray. Some of you need to begin to pray in the night. I've been doing this, and I feel there's something really key about the nighttime prayers. Even if it's just 10, 15 minutes, you wake up at night and just pray. Just pray in, the, pray in tongues. Pray in the spirit. Push. Just release some declarations. This, I'm telling you, the nighttime is a highly sensitive spiritual time to pray. I believe it was in Matthew where Jesus says a, a, a parable, uh, as, as people slept, the enemy went when people slept and so tears when they slept. When do people sleep? At night. And what's night? It's dark, right? That's when he functions. Halloween, dark. That's when he functions. Darkness, fear. He's the master of that realm. And he's trying to... De See, there are many Christians so, so desensitized. They're just like, well, I guess it's just the way it is. I'm not asking you to go and start an alternative Halloween party. 
What I'm asking to do is start a prayer party. Your resistance is not trying to do the almost like another kind of thing. No, no, no. You have to respond with spiritual violence. And I'm not even asking you to try to come against this and come against that. I'm talking about your praying over yourself. That you will not backslide and you will not lose sensitivity and you will not come under depression. See, demonic depression is rife right now. You will not come under all this stuff that you begin to have your, your gaze fixed on the Lord and you're sharp. You're sharp in the spirit. This is not the time to be dull. This is not the time to be distracted. This is the time to be sharp in the spirit. And if all you do is come to furnace and go to church meetings and just hear a few messages, I'm telling you, you're going to be swept away like a dead fish downstream. That's it. And you might be coming to church and singing, but you're dead. Because it's now been able to infiltrate your mind and deceive you. This is the crazy thing about deception. Those who are deceived don't know they're deceived. I could be deceived and you could be deceived and I don't know it. So I'm like, Lord, <laughs> deliver me from self-deception. Where I think I'm okay, but I'm actually deceived and completely off. Where I think I'm on fire and I'm actually just dead and cold and there's really nothing going on. Where I think I'm whatever and actually I'm just completely the opposite. Lord, deliver me from that reality. I want to be sharp in this season and I want to not allow darkness to have any inroads. So when you go home to pray and you're finding it difficult Maybe you're finding that you're having night terrors or you're finding that you're struggling to just engage in spiritual activities. Don't be surprised. Or your friends start to say to you, or you start to discern that people, are inst- people around you are just struggling with, they call, some, you see, they'll call it mental health. <laughs> now, I, I'm not trying to say every mental health issue is demonic, but listen, a lot of issues we're dealing with in the West that we label names, they, they have their source in the demonic realm. Just look at how Jesus healed people. Oftentimes, it was casting out spirits. Do you think things have changed from then till now? I say to me, witchcraft exists right here in Manchester, just like it does in an African bush. It's just been repackaged for the, for the Western mind to receive easily. So you think, oh, well, you know, that was in the Bible. Those spirits, you know, yeah, we're... No, no, no. <laughs> the spirits have morphed in our generation and their tactics have changed. The way warfare was fought in 1940 is different to the way warfare is being fought right now. The weapons have developed intelligent, the same way in the realm of the spirits, the way they move is they, they know how to camouflage themselves so easily and just sleep in on, you know, just, just, just hide. You come to a meeting like this or you go to another meeting and where God is moving Sometimes you find that people get agitated, they get, they get offended. Sometimes it's like those spirits that have been tormenting them starting to manifest in their flesh and trying to stop them from actually stepping into a place of deliverance. So they get offended and they leave and not realize that was their place of deliverance. I believe tonight, the essence of what I'm trying to share is I feel like we're in a really strategic season where the enemy is targeting the church in an in, with incredible precision. And I think it will be a shame for you to be unaware of his devices and go home and just pray as you normally pray, not really take on that intensity. I believe God wants to bring deliverance to people in this room so that you can be a deliverer in your bloodline, a deliverer in your community, a deliverer in your church, breaking the chains of darkness. Can I have the band up? We're going to pray right now. The reason why I'm sharing this is I believe God wants warriors to arise. The end time army to wake up.
The people of God to not be in a comatose state because of the influence of the deception so strong that they're singing songs that are not real in their lives. They're declaring things that are not actually real in their experience. Just having theological ideas that are not reality. It's time for that to change. This movement is called to be like an alarm clock to wake you up. <laughs> it's not time to be asleep. Some of you need to go home and actually you leave this place today and you need to agree with the Lord. Lord, I want to wake up at this time and I want to pray. You, you need to learn how to pray in the spirit fervently. In, I mean in tongues, fervently. You don't have to have a full understanding of everything you're praying. You just have to know you're engaging with the spirit of God and you're contending for more of him. You have to push in the opposite direction of the darkness. The more you don't feel like praying, the more you should pray. The more you don't feel like speaking out, the more you should speak out. The more you, you feel like you just lock yourself in a room because you're feeling the, the weight of this demonic depression, the more you should react in the opposite spirit. Declare the word of God. Put on a worship song. Begin to speak life over yourself and over the atmosphere. I'm telling you, there is an increase right now. Not just in the darkness, but also in the light. Because Isaiah says, darkness covers the earth and great darkness the people, but the glory of God arises. The glory of God arises. God is wanting to arise in his glory over his people who are going to prepare themselves to carry that weight. Thank you for tuning in to Prayer Storm Podcast. We hope you have enjoyed today's edition. For more information and teaching, and if you'd like to get connected, please visit www.prayerstorm.org.